0: I'm working in an NGO. I'm trying to manage, you know, to balance the working life and my interests. I don't know. Um, I thought that maybe working in the humanitarian section would be the best option for me right now. And it's, it's quite good, okay, because this year there are not many things you can do, to be honest. There are not many things to fill your daily life. So yeah, right now, At this particular moment, I'm just working. I'm trying to enjoy my free time when I can, like read sometimes. I'm trying to find ways for the next years to understand what I want to do professionally, but also to give me meaning in in my life, not just work, like nine-five, this terrible working schedule. So I don't know, this year is kind of, it's kind of simple and not interesting, but at the same time, it's a year that, uh, I don't know, I can focus on myself and I can focus on my interest. So that's all. I don't know, I don't have to say. <laughs> I don't know if I can say more things. This is my life right now. As a person, I, I don't know. I just want to experience things. I want to have the opportunity to, Meet many people from many places, different cultures, and make meaningful connections. That's all.
1: <laughs> and it's very nice, no? <laughs> it's it's nice. Um, I'm sorry because I, I don't know. Um, since we had the, the 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 conversation yesterday, today it's a little bit. Uh, different to have this as a recorded conversation um but let's make the most out of it no <laughs> because we do have the space and we can talk we can do things with the internet so i think that's that's a nice thing <laughs>
0: um I don't know. You kind of sur- not surprise me, but this question, you know, is like, wow, what can I say right now? Um, I don't know. You know, you know, my 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 studies, like, uh, yeah, I'm a social scientist. general. I'm trying to. I'm trying to put the theory, the things I learned, to understand how I can. With the things I, I, I read and the things I learn and the things I study to understand more of the things that are surrounding us and uh, it's a constant challenge to understand that you know theoretically yeah You're theoretically you know all of these things in an academic environment you have all these wonderful conversations when you have okay and then <laughs> the harsh reality when you are trying actually to get out you know and live in this society and work and then you realize that people just don't give a shit for all of these things most of them or even when they say that they do care they don't really care so you have to adapt to this and to i don't know to be like Okay, so yeah, that's theory, but this is the real life. And for me, it's not like this, you know, like, theory is about real life, and we should adjust the way we work, the way we experience, the way we communicate with others to the, the things we study, the things we read, and the things we observe around us. And not, it's not just a hobby, you know, it's not just uh, social studies social theory um philosophies not just hobbies mm-hmm. it, it, it's,
1: it your- it's,
0: things, it's things we do but it's things to help our society and to help us grow and evolve more and um, my, my my struggle right now is to understand how I can combine my these passions you know into my to my life but to my actual life you know to not be another person who is like Yes, I'm working and I'm trying to manage and I'm getting money. And okay, I have also this, I, I read when I have my free time and I don't want to be another person who is waking up and hating. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's work and the, this is the real struggle right now. I'm facing and I think a lot of people, people with my interests are facing how you can c- combine your passions, how you can adapt to this to this work environment to this society but still don't be changed by this you know i don't know if i it was a bit chaotic what i said but uh <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope um
1: no i would say uh, well the the last part well how can we change no uh that's that's quite hard <laughs> because even if you go through um well, whatever kind of studies you are into, uh, be they um, uh, how, uh, concomitant with the with the general accepted view of the world, you know, of uh, how you should be, how you should work, what you should do. Even if you are against that, you will still need to, you know, find some job. Or so, in 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 any situation you are, unless you are super rich and uh, you don't need to worry about these things. And then you, yeah. put, uh, you know, a communist or <laughs> something like this. Um, no, if you you will if you are like the most uh, people in the world, you will need to put yourself into the, the the system and find a place in, in in the world you know so so that's 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 hard but the I, I think the most interesting thing that I would take from, from what you were saying and I mean that's a real um, that's a real question I think that's very interesting with with theory how do we look at theory nowadays because you said you were from the social sciences. Um, yeah, how do we uh, in the social sciences? How do we uh, think uh, theory so that it's not uh, you know the usually theory is attacked because oh uh, the academics live in their uh, parallel universe; they never come down to the real world and yep. uh, they just do theory and uh, they make uh, the people adapt to their theory, They so they force people into their own uh, vision of the world. But then you have the other uh, attack that comes from the other side which says that practice is uh, much more important than theory, so contemplation is just uh, some stupid thing that uh, some guys (laughs) invented, and you should act, not uh, contemplate. You should not think about things. You should act. Even, actually, I was reading the other days from uh, the uh, Bhagavad Gita. Even there, it says that uh, acting is, uh, if you act righteously, let's put it like this, that is more uh, relevant and important than, than thinking. But you need to act righteously, of course. And that's a whole other question. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, most people, they think that uh, thinking is uh, a stupid process and it doesn't take you anywhere. But what you were saying, let me just finish and I'll give the word to you. What you were saying is very interesting because if we think of theory, as uh, a way of changing uh, the possibility of acting. So if I theorize, if I think, if I contemplate for a while, maybe I will find other possible courses of action. So maybe I can change uh, the impact that I have in the world. And that's very important nowadays because we are speaking about so many Problems that we have due to uh, maybe too much impact that we have on the world. So maybe how can we, for example, how can we um, not uh, not uh, do so much against the the earth, against the planet, against the the soil, against the the air? How can we, you know, change this course of action? And it's not by practicing. Um, it's not so much by practicing that you will change, I think, but by 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 thinking about it, and maybe not doing anything actually. That's that would be the best sometimes.
0: Um, yeah, you know, you you said it. Uh, you were to the point exactly. Um, yes, is a. Um, you know, it's a struggle to uh, to understand. Like I was a person who was uh, really absorbed in the academic environment. They realized at some point that yes, you know, all of this is sometimes too abstract. Like, what's the point? What's the point? And when you are just so absorbed in abstract theories, absurd terms, absurd um, um, in all this, you don't feel that it has any practical um. um um, forgot the word. Anyway, it doesn't have any practical solutions. You know, something you can actually apply to your environment. And uh, it's not true. There is a. There is. There is a. The, the, there is a. Re- there is a reality that yes, sometimes being academic, especially in philosophy, in social sciences, and all this. Yes, after a while you will just study about a very 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 specific point uh, ter- and field you know and uh, you will have your peers you will uh, publish papers that will be read just by your peers and that's going to be just your impact you know your your um, contribution is this which is very very limited in my in my perspective it's very limited it's just like an academic bubble and um, but when you see the other side, that uh, outside from this academic couple, there is a terrible yeah. working environment with unethical, you know, corrupted, and uh, people who are, just, who are just trying to make careers in order to get promoted and get more money. And they, all they think is this, you know, they, you see how people are behaving in the working environments, even working environments in the humanitarian sector, you know, in companies or NGOs who are supposed to work for vulnerable people, etc. And you see the same and the same. So you're like, maybe I want to have to be in this academic bubble. And uh, I'm not saying that now it's easier to be there because universities are actually a very, very competitive environment, even if you want to be there you will also suffer from other things, from all these competitions. So what do you actually gain from this? What do you actually get from being a person who wants to study and read and, uh, you know, have all of this knowledge? What do you actually can gain when you want to also, you know, work because we need to work to to survive and um, my answer is that uh, you must or my answer. what I'm trying to do right now is to observe from my work is to try to not alienate, to get to not uh, be another person who will be completely alienated by the work and by the work environment and uh, by all of this relationship inside it, to still keep my 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 mind working and my and my ideas and to to not be part of this but really because i don't think it's easy actually to to change right now the way we we work the hierarchy the political system of this but we can we we have the we have the possibility to not change uh, to to try to keep ourselves and to keep our, our ideas and to try to build in this environment, different kind of relationships, different uh, uh, types of organizations inside this system, that they will get bigger and stronger. So I think this is a solution right now. This is how we can answer with our ideas, with our theory, with our analytical tools this, uh, to this reality we are facing. Um, and um, I think it's not an easy thing but it's it's something we should really we should focus on to to try to give an alternative answer to all these things we are facing because it's everywhere it's it's in our universities, it's in the it's in their companies it's in the it's in everywhere in our society we see how alienated people get by the way we work the way we communicate the way we um, we interact with un- with others and uh, it's not enough. And especially this very difficult period we are facing that we don't have even, like, I don't know, we don't have even any other alternative in the way we are socializing. It's very important to focus on how how we can not be part of this, but actively not be part of this. How we can, um, develop an alternative answer I don't know but it's it's a constant it's a constant process I think I don't know what uh, what's your opinion about this <laughs> not talk alone
1: it's uh, I, I'm listening and it, it's um, I I do think that in some way you you said you, you talked about the, the academic bubble and it is while well, it is true that um, in the like the universities have been taken over by, by the capitalist mode of uh, uh, reproducing um, things, capital. And uh, so the, the best minds of any university nowadays will uh, be uh, funneled through, through and to uh, large mega companies and uh, will be doing the work that they, these companies want them to do. But while that is true, uh, it is also true that uh, since um, and you are Greek, so you also have uh, proximity to this kind of being. Uh, since the, the, the ancient times, uh, thinking and contemplating and uh, philosophy has been uh, a kind of uh, bubble. So uh, you had the ancient philosophers who would travel like... Um, Whatever was needed to to get to a library, so they would cross the sea to mm-hmm. find the library of uh, Alexandria, or the they would go to uh, they would go to uh, Mesopotamia to, to visit the libraries of ancient Babylon, or you know. So so this was um, it. It's it's never been like even in old Alexandria. Uh, when when it was the great times of the library, and uh, somehow it got democratized. Knowledge got democratized in some way, not really, but in some way more people would have access to it. And there was a great movement of thinkers and uh, you know philosophers and astro okay. astrologer, astrologers and people who were researching and finding and uh, looking at the stars and the sky and thinking. Um, even then it was a small uh, part of, of, of the population who was doing that. Uh, so in some way it has always been a thinking and has always been a kind of a small, small group of people who would do that while most people are, are, uh, are, uh, are in action, not so much in contemplating, um, but uh yeah, what so so what that what what I would say to that is that while that is true, uh, we do have a, a kind of we do have a situation nowadays, no, we do have a situation like all of us are are going through um, this kind of uh, strange uh, movement uh, that has been, uh, that covid has been leading um uh, you know, with changing uh reality in some way like we have a changing reality and we have uh we have many 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 problems to to uh, to think about um it's not just one or two but we have many um but it is true that even if you go into uh some kind of very specific like uh, for example if you are researching in uh, anthropology maybe even even if you go through very specific uh uh terms and ideas it is true that if i will read it uh maybe and if it does have a, a proposal for for changing maybe when i will read it i will change my behavior i will change how i not so much behavior, but I will change how I relate to the world. And and that's, that's very important. I think that we, um, that we don't stop uh, researching and thinking and contemplating just because um, people want us to go into action um, to, you know, reproduce the state of things. Um, that being said, of course, the problems are, are way too big. And uh, since you were, since you are working at this refugee, thing, uh, refugee camp, I would also like us to think a little uh, about that. And uh, how, how is the you know, how, how can we relate, how do we learn to relate to the other that, that comes to us for, um, for, uh, for help? you know, that's the other that comes to us. And, and many times it is true that it's, it's it's our government who have created that situation in their uh, home place. So that's that's maybe sometimes why they come to us, you know, because we have caused the situation. Uh, when we bomb uh, uh, some country, um, it is probable and uh, most likely that the people who have had their cities destroyed will come to us for for, that's, that's what happened also to the United States. No, like they created Mm -hmm. and uh, for example, even with the war in Vietnam, now what happens is that you have millions of Vietnamese in the United States. So, so that's also what's happening nowadays to Europe. No.
0: Yes um yes exactly you know um <laughs> it's kind of I- ironic that uh, all these people are coming to europe in order to find the the paradise you know it's actually yeah they have this vision as the europe and the european union and especially the rich european countries as the paradise you know but uh is their goal is like um the dream how it was the American dream in the past is the European dream, and uh, when you realize, you know how cynical our our countries, the European countries, how are they contrib- contributing to all of these constant uh, wars and uh, you know financially by selling guns, by even having their armies there, yeah, you understand uh, the the hypocrisy we live in and. Um, be honest, uh, the humanitarian sector is a big part of the problem because uh, comes also from, uh, like, if you think about it, most of the big humanitarian NGOs, like um, international organizations, they are based in countries like uh, the rich European countries, like uh, Switzerland, like uh, Denmark, like uh, Norway, you know. So, yeah, it's just like another. Um, In my perspective, it's just a lot of money are involved. You know, like they get huge funds just to show a humanitarian, to pretend they have a humanitarian face. But uh, the cause and the the aim is to not have humanitarian NGOs because they're part of the problem. You have them because you're continuing to contribute in, in the situation that bring all these people here that they are. Uh, and they, it's not actually easy for them to come here. Like they are going through <laughs> through fire to to be able to like getting to boats. And uh, it's, it's a really terrible situation. And um, yeah, the European Union is a big part of the problem. A problem that still it doesn't want to recognize. You know, to recognize um its responsibilities. Um. So yes, what I'm, uh, what I understand the past months is uh, um, the contradictions, you know, in uh, this work environment that you know all the people who are involved in, and there are many people who are really think they are doing, you know, really good humanitarian work, and um, the problem is when they don't understand where the problem is coming from. When you see this, this work you know as another career <laughs> in my opinion you are part of the problem and there are many people who are seeing this as a career you know the more experiences they have the more uh, countries they visit and they work and uh, the more <laughs> rich their linkedin profile would be but hmm. um, yeah yeah it's exactly like this there are many people who are seeing this you know the yeah a humanitarian career and um uh, still they don't know they don't understand the, prob- the the problem or they they don't care so much to be honest they uh, maybe they even if they understand they don't care so yeah, that's about the my my perspective about the humanitarian ngos and the refugee problem right now um yeah, I don't, I don't think that it will be, it is, it's easy to be resolved uh, the following years. It's, um, no one actually wants to to cut the problem uh, in its origins, if you understand, like, what you're trying to do right now is to manage manage the flows, manage the refugees here, manage the sites, try to minimize you know, the, the, the dangers and the risks. But no one is talking about why we have all of this problem, why so many people, like hundreds of thousands of people just are willing to abandon everything, go into boats, walk or travel miles and miles, stay... Smugglers to enter a continent that is not even willing to take them, and the continent that even if it takes them will treat them below you know, as second second citizens, uh, like uh, the worst kind of jobs with, with really low salaries, etc. So yeah, if you think too much about it, you're like, uh, yeah, it's completely fucked up situation.
1: Yeah, it is, and I mean, the you were saying that no one is really approaching the 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 roots of the the situation. I mean, if we actually yes. look at Europe's uh, borders nowadays, they they really go down uh, into the Sahara Desert. Uh, you have like uh, Europe has uh, signed uh, agreements with uh, all these kind of uh, very 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 uh, nasty um, pseudo governments, pseudo military. Uh, you know, as if they were really representative of the people, but they are not. You know, in, in Syria, in Libya, in uh, uh, in Mali. And um, and you know, just going into the Sahara Desert, you have uh, all these kinds of uh, very 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 strange situations where uh, you you if you are caught uh, trying to cross the Sahara Desert, you will immediately go into uh, prison because it's considered that you are already trying to go into Europe. So even even uh, further. You know, uh, so so far down as the Sahara Desert, Europe has its borders there. We also have, uh, we also have, you know, Italian and uh, Spanish border guards in uh, in um, the the sea side of some countries uh, in uh, in uh, in Western uh, Africa. Um, if you go down the the coastline from from Morocco into uh, into um, um, uh, the uh, uh, occidental uh, occidental Sahara, um, uh, and if even if you go further down, you will find that Europe has already. Uh, Coast Guard boats uh, stationed there so that people don't leave uh, with, uh, with a small boat. So it's uh, Europe is really trying to catch up with the situation in, in the worst uh, way possible, really. Um, just uh, fighting it, uh, guns and uh, and, uh, and violence. So, I mean, it, it really is true that Europe is spreading terror around around the world right now because uh because they don't want people to to come Uh, they want to stop the as you said they want to manage the 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 flows (laughs) and uh, this this approach to managing is really dehumanized and and aggressive um so that that really is the problem you know um but I would say that we we do have many 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 problems right now, <laughs> so it's uh, it that, that's one of them and a very big one, very very big one because I mean in some way it is also that like the this is the worst one of the worst situations that we have in hands. Um, just at our door, um, we have millions of people coming. Uh, we have thousands dying in the in the mediterranean um and if you go to actually see this is maybe one of the largest uh points of uh, of uh injustice and uh, probably one of the points that will actually mobilize uh the most people um in in fighting for social justice so, because if you go to see, for, for example, last year the Black Lives Matter uh, protests around the world, they were the largest and uh, probably the most acute uh, protests that we had uh, around the world. Not just in the United States, also also here in the, in Africa and uh, and in uh, in in South America. So, so this is this will be one of the deciding points of, of social struggles for the next for the next uh, times Yeah yeah and
0: uh, I don't know what do you think uh, what we what we can do what we can do as uh, active citizens as a what we, what can be our, our answer? that's a question also to you
1: <laughs> it's I think I think we should approach it like you said before like in not trying to not be part of the problem anymore but that's you know that's something that you have to do in in some way like I do believe although although many people are not uh, many people do not trust that kind of approach but I do believe that we have to change it. Holistically, like it's not just that I will uh, solve the problems with with doing uh, philosophy. It's not just that I will solve the problems with going to work in a humanitarian organization. It's not. It's not like you will solve the problems with with this kind of action. That's that's been clear. But I do think that some problems might be solved if if people actually take. Um, if people actually take uh, uh, responsibility for who they are, where they are, and what kind of uh, what kind of uh, um, uh, I, I'm not sure about the word right now, but what kind of uh, footprint uh, this is the word, what kind of footprint they are leaving in the in the in the planet, like. Because I mean, of course I will not solve the the refugee problem by reforestating my city or something like this, but um, well, I think I should look at both, you know, as one, because we really, we really have a damaged uh, planet right now. We have, uh, we have a damaged planet with, uh, um, with, uh, you know, we have the sixth extension Uh, as it has been named and called and uh, it hasn't yet um, it hasn't yet been accepted generally that we are going through a sixth extinction that uh, most of the species like 60 percent at least of the species that we knew 40 or 30 years ago they have disappeared of course we will continue to find other species we don't know all of them of course we will continue and maybe there are even more who knows but we are going through a mass extinction of life on earth we are going through a uh, uh, criminal criminal ecocide that is being uh you know i don't separate the ecological situation because most people maybe you can tell me a bit more about this but for what I understand, many of the people who are coming in the doors of Europe and who are uh, going through all this situation, they are leaving their countries uh, not just because of social problems, not just because of war, uh, but also because of environment changes. Uh, also because they, 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 they cannot plant anymore in their, in their uh, place. They cannot plant. The earth has been dry. You know it's dry, so you cannot, you cannot, you cannot live in a place that has dried up. If your river has disappeared, and if you are a fisherman, you cannot fish anymore. So you will have to move on to something else. And you know, like it's really problematic because all of these situations, like it's not just here; it's also in South America, it's also in Asia. You know, and the the poorest parts of the world, they are. You know, uh, it, it's not like climate change is a very nice thing that does not choose between rich and poor. Yes, it does. You know, climate change has been affecting the poorest uh, population. And it is a cause as well already. It is a cause of social, uh, of social problems, of poverty, of uh, hunger. Uh, so you cannot separate the, the humanitarian uh, 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 has it, uh, how, how, how people used to call it, humanitarian problem, because it really isn't an, a humanitarian problem. It is a problem maybe of humanity, but it's not so <laughs> much a humanitarian problem because really it is a problem of war. Really it is a problem of uh, social injustice and uh, a broken, broken system that is killing 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 you know it's economies of war it's uh ecocide it's uh it's uh it's destruction so if you have if you have for example bill gates nowadays or if you have these guys these multi-billionaires who are becoming richer and richer you know i just read a couple of the- and they,
0: and these people by the way they became yeah. like i don't know two three times richer in this global pandemic yes, when like, yes, all after- yes,
1: That's what I was going to say, you know, that in 2020, the billionaires, they increased their wealth by 3.7 trillion dollars and the poorest people in the world lost a total income of 3.9 trillion. So the guys are actually profiting from from people going into unemployment, you know, of losing money. So like they are keeping the money for themselves. They are keeping things for themselves, and all the while destroying the planet. You know, Bill Gates wants to kill mosquitoes nowadays. He says that mosquitoes they are not, uh, they should not be part of our wonderful planet, you know, they, so because they carry disease. Blah blah. Of course, but you know. He wants to kill them off because they should not be part. This is really what he says in the in the video. They should not be part of this wonderful planet. So if you apply this kind of thinking, you know, into, into everything, if that guy applies this kind of thinking into everything, he really doesn't care that people die. He really doesn't care what his actions will lead to. So if he's, uh, through his action, industrial agriculture destroying a country, um and he has his hands deep 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 in africa if he is destroying a country he doesn't care that millions of people will probably in the next few years lose their uh lose their wealth lose their plants lose their uh rivers they don't care so i think the problem is really that they don't care you know and uh and i mean of course, how do we, how do we take on these, 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 these problems? Well, I, I think we need to really change the way that we relate to, to the earth. You know, it should start as, uh, I, mean, I will not say ecological, but I will say it should start as thinking of the planet, of the earth, thinking of the earth as our, you know, we come from the earth and we will die on the earth and really we need to take care of life on the earth we yes,
0: because actually the, the killing. Uh, because actually it's, it's affecting us most of all and uh, we're not seeing uh, we're not seeing uh, anymore as our home the way we, we we build our cities the way we build our societies anymore is not sustainable and i'm not talking about here about uh, sustainability you know and all this uh, how you can have a more I'm not talking from this capitalist again uh, perspective. I'm talking like it's not sustainable anymore for us, like even psychologically, mentally speaking, to live like this. It's, it's making us every day more and more sick, you know, like really we cannot function properly as humans. Yeah. We cannot function properly in this work in, in environment, in this environment, in these societies. Um and the. Uh, well, I would add to your words that maybe we should seek for to, to, to decentralize. You know this idea of decentralized big cities, live in smaller communities, but function in functioning communities. Uh, the last year, year I think I'm more and more close to this kind of uh, idea. You know how we can actually this, live in decentralized communities. Communities, you know communities we will have, that will have everything that we need in order to have the benefits of the um, the big city or wherever the society so how can we actually not just escape you know like I don't want this anymore so I'm gonna be just a nomad who will living in community how we can escape from this but to build something new something more function with more with more faction than the paradigm. So I think the um, the idea of decentralization is is something that can really give us um, uh, some solutions to what we're facing right now. Um, I don't know what's uh, your perspective about the decentralization and um, if you think it is, it is something that we can actually seek, that we can actually try to uh, to build. Um, if, or if or if it's just something that like another form of escapism, and uh, is it also about to do. I don't know to just have forms of escapism from this from this reality right now. Because I realized that in this year, yeah, a lot of people actually just want to escape from this, you know?
1: Yeah. that's an anthropological problem as well, no? Like, uh, people having generally the feeling that they want to escape whatever they are living on and through. well, I would, I do, uh, I do believe that um, a big uh, change would come. Uh, well, I still let let me just take a note before I continue that maybe that's a very uh, uh, European problem that we have right now with uh, empty villages and full cities. Um, of course, in uh, Africa. And uh, in Africa, you have gigantic uh, megalopoly um, But you also have uh, very uh, big uh, problems with uh, poverty. So uh, I think the city, uh, the city, the industrial city, um, it comes with, uh, with the social problems that we know. Um, it comes with poverty. It comes with unemployment. It, it like one thing uh, does not exist without the other. Um, so I think that we would make a real uh, big change if we would. Um, I, I will not say everyone, but if we would start um, rethinking the possibility of having smaller, uh, smaller communities, um, more a bit more tribal, maybe. Um, I'm not. I'm not so much like. I will put it like this. Many people now are also talking about this, like uh, from 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 here to there. Like I think maybe everywhere actually, people are thinking like, oh, we should go back to the village. Uh, you know, like this uh, mm-hmm. urban, this urban, uh, this urban um, dwellers. Uh, you know, uh, of our generation that don't know anything about uh, actually the earth we just know you know like it's easier <laughs> for, for our generation to uh know um what kind of products come from the commercial center Then what kind of uh, uh, fruits come from the earth, you know? Like, so it, that's a real problem that we have right now. You know, like people don't know about uh, plants, people don't know about forests, people don't know about rivers. And even in the last conversation that I had with my friend from Cabo Verde, uh, well, we were also talking a, a little bit about this because uh this kind of uh knowledge is that that we need you know to to really recover and uh regenerate and uh you know um to take care of the planet maybe in a way that we've never known because even our grandparents i don't know how it is for you uh, my grandparents they've they were born in the village not in the city Although they were uh, never, you know, uh, working in the in the earth, they were uh, they moved into the city while they were our age. And so it began uh, the urban population in Portugal in those years, but you know, the, the kind of knowledge is that we need actually to, to move uh, into a village and to have this movement that you were talking about, you know, of, of, uh, you know, living without so much footprint or whatever, you know, I have a big problem with this, because what if uh, many people are thinking this, no, what if it actually happens, we massively move into the village, but since we don't know much, and, you know, most people don't care still, they will not take an holistic approach they will not want to be vegan they will not want to stop using plastic they will not so they will need everything that the industrial system produces uh to live a nice uh you know non-alienated life connected with nature blah blah blah. but they will still need the destruction of of the planet so i think that may uh, bring uh, yet a larger problem of destruction if masses of urban dwellers move into the village but they don't know how to live there sustainably you know they don't know how they will learn really like it will take years until those people actually learn and maybe they won't because there is not like uh, uh the general uh, organization of of humans is not prepared for um for um for this kind of movement so so that's that there i see a problem you know, of people not knowing how to do it, they want to do it, maybe they will do it, but what if they do it and they will, you know, just uh, continue the the destruction because, you know, if we leave nature alone, let's put it like this, if we are living in the city, maybe we will leave uh, nature alone, but if we want oh because most people want no to connect with nature and go into the wild well what do they do they take their car they drive 100 kilometers they station at some next to some river they leave a lot of pollution there they spend the whole day there they destroy maybe they put fire there you know they come back to the city so this kind of connecting with nature but in really the wrong way you know, because if you want to connect with nature, it will not take a car and drive 100 kilometers, you know, put more pollution in the air, destruction, blah, blah, pollution. It will leave plastic in the nature, you know. So there I see a problem, you know, and it's a big one because people are making a lot of trash and pollution. So even when they have the best of intentions, like, oh, I need fresh air to breathe. I will go in the forest. They will take their car you know so they, they will still continue uh you know creating problems for nature in this way so yeah uh sorry i, I am too long because it really is yes i have uh, i have comments i have comments on this but to
0: finish and i will uh...
1: Yeah. things your,
0: your your thoughts and I will contribute to what you are saying because yeah, we i have say, also can say
1: because i I've, i i think i made my point
0: yes. you know what i i agree with, with your points and um i think it's important to, to to make a distinction between um you know i'm not part of this kind of romanticization of the village life or the rural life because it was not, it is not an easy thing. It was not an easy thing. This is why people lived from villages, left from the rural environments because they seek, They wanted to have a more easy life, a more convenient life in big cities and um, a life that we could afford or some more things economically speaking. And I, I don't want to romanticize the past. They don't want to romanticize a, a way of living we had in the past because that's not the point here. Uh, the way we lived before was very difficult. The the societies, also the cultures in the real environments are cultures, and uh, I'm, I'm I don't want to be part of, you know, the behaviors and the, um, the anthropological uh, uh, behaviors. You could you could, you can see still see in the real environments are different. Like the people are even more. Um, Their ideas, you know, like they're, let's say, more, um, how can you say this? I don't want to say right, right? I want to say that uh, they're not so progressive anyway. You know, in the people in villages, for example, because um, they didn't have the opportunity to, yeah, they're more conservative, conservative, let's say. So the life in the rural environments was also a, a difficult life for, for women and different life for different people. It was a difficult life. And this is not a paradigm, the way we lived in the past. My point is, and what, uh, um, what I think is a challenge nowadays is to understand that what we're having right now, the huge cities we build, the, the alienation we are facing inside these cities is not also something that give us any fulfillment anymore and we should try to find the middle ground between them. Yeah. The good things that cities offer to us, the connection, the technology, you know, the convenience for living, you know, Mm -hmm. and to make it more, to be part of of this planet, because it seems like something completely um, different than than the environment, you know, like big cities are something so 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 our uh, something so um, human structure that you don't you don't see it anymore as as something that uh, you want to escape from this. It's not pleasant to live there. It's not pleasant to see it. It's not. It gives you just a constant anxiety, and um, we should seek for something. Not that reminds us of the past because it's not what we should aim here it was not a good it was not a good environment to live it is still not a good environment to live we should seek a return but a return a a different kind of return a return that will also include all of these good things we we build all of these years our societies you know like the community living that will Bring all the technologies we need in order to have a sustainable community, you know. And uh, yes, into so I think it's something different. And uh, yes, if of course all the people will return, um, villages, etc., it will be like something like we will have the same problem again. But that's the thing. We need something different. We don't need to go back the way we were before. We need to build something different, something that will combine the good, good uh, sides from, from a rural life and from a, a city life. Um, and I think this is a really, really, really big challenge, and uh, it's it's something that has to involve all kinds of disciplines. You know, like uh, social sciences, like philosophy, like. Uh, Physics, like uh, technical sciences, all of this, we need to understand and to be to build more more sustainable communities, um, and uh, in order to really um, reconnect with this planet, reconnect with nature, and reconnect with our own selves with, with each other. The way we are we are living in big cities anymore, this constant alienation is is just, I don't think it's really if there is something that we call humanity in the you know, philosophically speaking, like what makes us human. I'm pretty sure that this kind of environments, this constant alienation, this this um this constant need to escape, this constant anxiety, the, the way that the, most of the people are having panic attacks, anxiety disorder, depression, yeah. is against, against our own humanity, the way we, we live in now, the way most people live right now. Yeah. And you this know, is why.
1: You know who is being most affected? I'm sorry to interrupt. Children, actually. At least here yes. in Mexico, there is a massive increase of depressed children. Like uh, they are suffering a lot from from this situation. Like really a lot. Yeah.
0: And the, also all these kind of um, new di- disorder like ADHD, like the do you understand the with children in school where they cannot focus. Mm-hmm. that's something that our society made you know yeah Definitely. like how can you talk to a child to to focus and to be standing in it for eight for eight hours this is not yeah. what after because this child will go home to stay behind a laptop to stay and to, to be behind the screen so we have all of these kind of disorders especially the last decades we have a huge um uprising in in depression, in anxiety, and uh, in pills that are trying to, in medications, like all the medications for anxiety and depression. And this is the last 30 years, let's say, it's yeah. the last 20, 30 years. But this is a problem of our society. It's not just a biological, a biological problem. This is a problem of the way we're functioning as, as society right now. But it's not fulfilling, it's not, it's not Pleasant anymore for us, so we build all of these cities in order to make our lives easier. And now we 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 want to escape from this, because it makes our lives without any colors. Uh, just difficult and anxious, uh, and all these constant movements and it's against it's against um. Yeah, I can say that I do believe it's really against how the way we are functioning as humans. We all of us, we have also some biological aspects like uh, we need to rest. We need to, to enjoy something different, to enjoy sounds, to enjoy colors, to enjoy silence, to enjoy all of these things that are we cannot afford anymore. We cannot find anymore it's it's a it's a it's something it's a a basic need something that uh really can give us um um i don't know happiness you know just simple 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 things so yeah i think uh we're not going to this direction we are going to enter to the the different direction, even if um, a lot more and more people and uh, yeah, and politicians are acknowledging the problem. We are still not doing anything towards the good direction. So the answer should be, should, should come from the base, from people, from the people who are getting I think for, to build something different. The answers always is coming from, from the base. It will never come, I think, from from the top, because people on the top are not really affected by this. Definitely. Or even if they are, they are they they are consumed by, you know, by their power and their whatever.
1: Yeah, definitely they are not affected. You know, the the people at the top. I mean. You know, in what you were saying, I was thinking like um, there was a term that I, I've never researched much about it, but I've been, you know, it's been coming to me more and more. Um, I'm not sure if it's annotated um, with something different, but I will say it as a concrete utopia. And where I see it, you know, like uh, for example, if I were to, uh, you know start uh you know what's been called the the gardens the urban gardens the victory gardens uh like if i would if i were to start a garden in front of my uh building you know if i were to you know take the sheet uh, uh 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 Grass off, which is you know t- consuming a lot of water, and you know that's not real. That's been planted just to be there, and uh, they have you know the city hall is paying like a, a giant uh, 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 army of, of of guys to go there with their machines and and cut off the the plants. So it's not they are not uh, you know they really what they what what I think governments are doing. And this is the, the one of the largest problems I, I think we actually have and we don't notice it. But what I think the government are doing and the, all these big companies, what they are doing is kind of destroying any hopes uh, of the planet to work by itself, of the Earth to work by itself, of the... Of, the, of life to regenerate in some way. Like we really have, let's say we have the gigantic cities and the, the air pollution is a terrible problem. We have 8 million people dying uh, every, every year of air pollution. That's much more than the COVID deaths in one year. So that's really a larger problem even than COVID, you know, uh, air pollution. Really, like 8 million people are dying each year because of that. And uh, if we have polluted cities, you know, the only only solution that we have to, you know, stop that and change that is to let nature thrive in the city. You know, it's to have more plants, more gardens, more trees, you know, more uh, animals which will uh, give us the, that air that we desperately need you know, to breathe in the city. And we need to stop using cars so much, for example. But if you have, you know, a, a, an army of men with machines uh, made to cut plants and trees that the, actually the city hall pays them for each day to, uh, you know, get up at 6 a.m. Uh, to go and cut all the plants that are growing in the gardens of the city, well, then you will not have <laughs> any possibility of regenerating because th- th- those guys are paid to cut it. You know, they're, they're doing their job, but they're killing off the, the, the plants and the trees. And, you know, so, so I think any possibilities of, um, you know, if I were to go and plant some, some, some food in the gardens uh, next to my building, You know, what probably would happen is in a week, it will not be there because the guys went and cut it. They didn't didn't even notice. You know what I mean? So I would have to camp or something there. You know, I, I would have to put a tent there and say, no, you will not cut it. I'm growing a garden and what would happen after? Police will come and take me out, you know, so so that everything is really done uh, into, you know, cutting by the root any possibility of utopian behavior, you know, because really I see utopia, you know, in our cities. We build our cities. Uh, we are of course we are blind and stupid and we don't think much about architecture. Uh, urbanism is really made to have for us to have a difficult life, not a nice life, but I do see utopia in our cities. I do see uh, that in some way humanity has utopia, uh, utopian thinking into uh, its DNA, how I would say, you know, cities and yes, yes. villages and our buildings and our, uh, you know, constructions and thing, the, the way we, we do things, there is a utopian element in you know, all of that. So I think, but those guys are are paid, you know. Like their their job is to cut by the root any possibility of that becoming actual, of that becoming concrete. Uh, so I I think, I think I I think that's that's where we would uh, try to start, you know, to to actually find ways of going around this uh, all these systems of policing and. Uh, you know the the cutting by the root and the, you know all these systems how can we uh, uh, go around them and start you know start building this uh, concrete utopias you know start for example the zad in france that's a very interesting and paradigmatic uh, thing like what Vin- is the the, the what ZAD, sure ZAD, zad so uh, there, there is a large company called vinti who, you know, basically does airports and, uh, and the roads, you know, they do all this big uh, stuff. Also in Portugal, they are the owners of our airports. They are doing airports in France. They are doing high roads in Germany, blah, blah, it's a super big company. And some guys, more than 20 years ago, the guys wanted to build an airport in the middle of a forest called uh, Notre Dame des Land. So that's, uh, that's in France. And uh, some, some people actually decided uh, that they would block uh, the building of this high, high uh, of this airport. So they went in there, they camped there and they, they made it such in such a problematic way uh, that they had to bring so much police and they offered so much resistance actually that the, the airport uh, was the, the planning uh, they stopped. Uh, doing. And they, you know, waited more than 10 years. There was economic recession, blah, blah. When uh, economy started uh, going better again in the, in the beginning of 2000s, um, they wanted to start building the airport again, of course. They had more money, so let's do it. But the guys were still there, you know. They actually started living in this forest. They built houses, blah, blah, all illegally. And uh, again, every day until today, You know, the airport has been canceled. You know, there is no airport there. There won't be. It's been canceled. And police still is fighting every day until today. They are destroying the houses, the guys build them back again, you know, like so the guys are offering so much resistance there. And and that's what I would call concrete utopia. No, like the guys actually they had this plan, they saw a window of, of action, they saw an opportunity, they took it until today they have been resisting. You know, and uh, with all the struggle that 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 comes with that, you can go to jail because it's illegal, you know, like uh, you have the guys will destroy your house. You have to build it back again. But, you know, they learn to build a house in one day just with wood. And so the while the police destroys one house in the same day, the guys are building a house, another house in another site of that forest. So the guys are resisting, you know, and why do I say this? Because really, we should start, you know, if we make, you don't need many people to, for this. Maybe the guys were just 20 or 30 men and women who decided to go in there, you know, and to stop that airport. And, and in some way, if we find very small groups of people, we can actually do this. You know, like you, because you cannot do everything, but if you will do one thing and you will do it right. And the other guys in the other place, they will do one thing, but they do it right. Like we are all part of humanity. We are all part of society. We are all part of the earth. So we have to work with each other, even, you know in this kind of solidarity, you know like those guys are doing that there and we are doing this here and um, I'm not saying it will completely change, but there are windows of, of opportunity and I think we should take them. <laughs> Sorry, I am so long. <laughs> but this um... is what you were saying, you know, like uh, we have to find this middle ground and there I see middle ground.
0: Yes, and I didn't know about this paradigm in France. It's... I would say, and thank you a lot for mentioning it. So I would, I want to stay in one um, phrase you said that you see utopia in the cities and you see utopia in our DNA, and I completely agree with this. Actually, the way architects, some architects at least, they visioned cities was kind of utopia, you know, and we still can have this kind of utopia, and this is why we need. As I said, to find a middle ground between the utopian aspect of the cities that there is still there, and the utopian aspect of living in the nature, you know, how we can actually have the benefit from both of these in order to to have a, to live a, in a more fulfilling uh, life. So I i completely agree with what you said and i want just to to highlight this um so yes we we touch many topics uh, and uh, i think right now that uh, me personally i'm trying um, i'm trying especially to to focus on the um, last one how i can be part of a community who will uh, be actively against the current paradigm, and uh, but not to just, um, you know, not just okay. I don't like the system, so I'm gonna live out of it. I'm gonna be a hedonist. I'm gonna be just a non, But how we can make alternative paradigms, and how more and more people will be into this kind of alternative paradigm, because all of the problems we're facing right now are kind of, um, they're connected, you know, like, uh, even, you know, the, um, the refugee problem is connected with the way we are living right now. How more and more, how we can welcome more and more people and build something that will be from the community to the community. So I think, uh, if we are, if we focus on this, we will soon. We will see. We will realize that we will have more and more solutions. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about this. To be honest.
1: Definitely, and uh, as you say, like, uh, if we think of a more sustainable thing for for ourselves. Um, it also means that we are thinking it for others. So if we build uh, better possibilities in our cities, uh, well, it's likely that the people who come, that we can, you know, if we can't, let me put it like this, if we can't live with the outsider, if we can't, um, uh, for example, in, even with the virus, like the people who will, you um, deal the better with a virus are the people who can you know introject it and not be sick by it. What that means is that you have to be adapted to receiving things from the outside and to have them you know live uh, symbiotically with you so that you will not get sick by having something from the outside is a very nice thing from even the biological point of view, you know what I mean? So if we can build uh, cities and, uh, well, nations and uh, groups and communities and societies <laughs> with, who uh, are able to receive uh, stimuli and uh, to receive the outsider and to introject it and to have it live uh, in it as a part of it, uh, well, that means that you have a a healthy society you know if you have an unhealthy society like we have well then you can't receive anyone from outside because you will think that it will make you sick you will think that it will destroy you you will think that you know what so these things like uh, they well uh, if if let's say if someone comes from the outside to for for uh, as a refugee for, for Europe and thinks that Europe is very nice but then they come here, they cannot find a job or, you know, the only job they will find is working mm-hmm. in agriculture, for example, as a modern slave in Europe which happens exactly. a lot uh, then that really means that Europe is a Sikh society that it cannot, you know, that it does not have any, have any health to, to offer to others and for itself you know, because well that means that people here are living in a sick way like if we would be healthy we could have healthy jobs and healthy society and healthy uh cities and people could come and they could be a part of it you know they could even you know make it better um so yeah that's that's really something that we have to think about you know to to you know thinking about health but not just in this thing oh we need a vaccine we we need to stop the virus blah blah no really that that shows us how sick we are like uh when the you know it was very interesting when covid started and you know the richest part of italy which was supposedly the part that would uh, do better you know in this situation they were the ones who had the most deaths so that really shows how, how that part, you know, the northern Italy, really, they, they have all these, you know, development, industrialization in Milan and all those cities. And they have, you know, all of this. But then they, they fall sick very easily with the virus and they, they, they cannot deal with it they, because they privatize the hospitals, because the cities are full of air pollution, because, you know, so, so people are more fragile to, to the virus and and i think that really we really need to rethink what health and the healthy environment mean for us it's not just being rich it's not just uh, you know like having industrialization and cars and uh, you know all of this is making us sick
0: yes yes because as you said um, <laughs> this kind of uh, living, this kind of environment, and also it makes us more vulnerable to the, um, the viruses and to modern diseases. Uh, it, uh, it's like our bodies and our minds are more um, fragile right now. So yes, uh, I don't have anything to, under, to add. I just, uh, I think we both, uh, Really give um, I don't know, a holistic perspective on this matter, and uh, I think it's a, as I said, it's a constant challenge, and it's something we should really, I don't know, people like who are thinking like us, people who are in this side, uh, the society, which is something we should really aim for. How we can uh, give uh, give alternative paradigms with uh, who will have. Uh, Based on uh, on solidarity, on inclusivity, or diversity, you know, and um, all, this, uh, all these all uh, these ideas that we we managed to not to have completely, but we managed, yes, as society, to be at least accepted. You know, they are more and more accepted, and how uh, well, we can have something with all of this, all of these aspects yeah Yeah.
1: perfect yeah <laughs>
0: I mean it is a it is non- uh, the conversation that you know it can never actually end of
1: course.
0: discussing about this discussing about all the the problems we are facing discussing about the um, yeah the negative aspects of our, our cities of our societies of the world we live in it's something it's a never-ending um conversation but i think uh that uh, right now we have also the tools to to really find a lot of alternative solutions and to to reimagine and i i really do believe this like uh, it's not like a fake uh, positive uh, <laughs> conclusion mm-hmm. is i really do believe that we we uh, we have this level right now yeah. we have this capacity
1: yeah